welcome to Cookbook Club. We are home cooks from Portland, Oregon. I'm Sarah Gray. And I'm Renee Wilkinson. Every other episode of Cookbook Club will be focused not on a cookbook, but a cooking topic. Today, we're going to talk about what we've been cooking lately from one of our favorite recipe sources, the New York Times cooking section. You can think of this as either a like warm up to Thanksgiving episode or just a fall transitioning into winter episode. Yeah. So we're going to focus on like recipes that feel like they could maybe do double duty. For sure. The New York Times is so interesting because I know you and I both pull from their recipes a ton, but it's not a cookbook specifically. So sometimes it's nice for us to come back and just talk about sort of like what we've been cooking from the New York Times because it is sort of like an ever evolving gigantic cookbook in the sky. Yeah. I mean, we don't <laughs> like this is not sponsored at all. I think it's like $40 for a subscription to the cooking content at the New York Times. Yeah. And I remember when they started charging for it because we've been New York Times subscribers for like a couple decades now. At first, I thought I could live without it. You know, sometimes they'll have like a free recipe and yeah. then you hit the paywall with the other recipes. And could you? And I can't now. <laughs> and I think it was someone it's from... It's incredible. I think it was Kirsten, maybe, from Cookbook Club, who said, wouldn't you spend $40 a year on that if it were a cookbook? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, actually, that's... I totally would. probably the most well-used... And it's always changing. Yeah, it's the most well-used cookbook that I own, basically. Me too. It's awesome. Yeah, I love it. It's sort of like being with your people a little bit, you know, like November 1st hits and then suddenly they're like, here's all the Thanksgiving content. Here's like all of the make ahead things that you can do. Here's all of the soups. Oh my gosh. Yes, I love it. And I saw, this won't be out in time for our, you know, Thanksgiving content this year, but I saw a post today from Melissa Clark that they're doing a leftovers special right after Thanksgiving this year. Um, So they're going to drop that, I think maybe probably right after, which is pretty cool too. That's great. So yeah. that stuff will be there in the future as well. They always do some sort of like leftovers roundup, but I would love a like more intentional leftovers yeah. feature. Yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh, yum. Well, let's get down to it. Let's do it. What are some of your like heavy hitters that you've been cooking from this fall? Well, I have been all about the pumpkin baked goods. Oh yeah. So there's a couple of go-tos there. The first is the pumpkin maple muffins, which is an Allison Roman a recipe that's been up for a number of years. I don't believe she's a contributor to the New York Times anymore, so I think all of her stuff on the New York Times is old at this point. But the stuff that's there really stands, quality stuff. Um, The pumpkin maple muffins have turmeric in them for a really poppy, orangey-yellow color Uh and kind of an earthy flavor. I think those are a really great fall muffin. Um, And then my girl Yossi Arafi (laughs) dumped this year the pumpkin crumb cake... Which is a real winner. She also dropped a no-bake pumpkin cheesecake. Oh, man. I didn't see that one. Yeah. That's on my list to try. I haven't tried that one yet, but... It's no-bake. Yeah. Yum. That sounds delicious. I think a pumpkin cheesecake is great. Yeah. Because it's... I mean, there's pumpkin pie, you know, loyalists. I'm not going to change your guys' mind. Sure. But for everybody else who enjoys a pumpkin pie, you might also enjoy a pumpkin cheesecake. It's just like a nice, lighter, fluffier, somewhat luxurious version of a pumpkin pie. Yeah, I have no beef with pumpkin cheesecake. Yeah. Bring bring it my way and I will not turn it away. I like them all. She also dropped a pumpkin bunt cake with a maple brown butter glaze. That sounds delicious. It was delicious. My mom made it. Uh, My mom doesn't, I don't think, know how much I specifically love Yasi Arafi. But we had a dinner at my parents' house and she had made this gorgeous cake. 
And it was beautiful and it was so like moist and wonderful. It had like pepitas on top. And then later that night, I pulled up my phone and I was looking at recipes and I was like, there it is. There's the cake. (laughs) She made it. It was a Yasi Arafi cake. It was so good. That's funny. Really, really yummy. Well, I have some desserts that are very much not pumpkin. Okay. Uh, I have two that are on my list to try that I want to get on your guys' radar too. Okay. Both are from Melissa Clark. My New York Times BFF that I don't actually know in real life, but I feel like she can do no <laughs> but wrong. But Yossi and Melissa, call us. Yes. Let's do lunch. Yes. Uh, Melissa Clark has a recipe for a red wine pear cardamom cake. Oh, man. Doesn't that sound good? Really good. I feel like this year is like the this fall specifically is like the season of the pear for me. OK. Like I'm I love apple and I love pumpkin. But for some reason, this this year, pear is like really speaking to me. Yeah. So I, I think that would be an awesome cake. And I love cardamom. I love that spice so, so much. Good. So are the pears, they're probably poached yes. in wine? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. It sounds fabulous. And then she also dropped this recipe for a pumpkin butterscotch custard with spiced yeah. whipped cream. I saw the the video on Instagram and I was like, I got to eat that. I think butterscotch is a totally underrated flavor. Yeah, and I I'm, agree. I'm really excited that maybe, it, maybe it's going to make a comeback. I've come up against a lot of butterscotch hate. Really? As Why? a person who loves to make dessert, I have prepared, I have proposed butterscotch To a number of people who I love and love to cook for. And everybody always turns up their mouth at it. I think because they're picturing maybe some kind of like a butterscotch candy situation from their childhood. Which is still a great candy, by the way. It is a great candy. But butterscotch, I think the thing that people don't realize about butterscotch is that butterscotch is caramel made with brown sugar instead of white sugar. Oh, I didn't know that. That's what butterscotch is. So what exactly is your problem? I think that I think that people's <laughs> problem is that they just want chocolate. Maybe. And I think that's fine if you want to be basic. <laughs> Shots fired. Yeah. Like <laughs> go eat your chocolate and Don't drink your pumpkin spice latte yeah. and like but have everything with be the same. Pumpkin. And it looks I mean, go watch that video, that New York Times video content. The way she like spoons that whipped cream on there, it's borderline pornographic. <laughs> it's really Oh. It really makes you want to eat it. And the thing about that one, I thought about making that. We're doing a Friendsgiving dinner this weekend, and I've never done Friendsgiving before. So I'm really excited to like make a few things that are maybe not like totally expected on the Thanksgiving table. And I thought about making that. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to make that one, but the reason is because when I was just out of college, I made, <laughs> I was not a great cook then. I made a recipe that was like a, it was called pumpkin pudding. So I think it was supposed to be like a pumpkin pie filling, but I think it was also like kind of a diet recipe. Oh, so no. it was like a lot of eggs and pumpkin, but maybe like not a lot of sugar or something gross like that. And I made it in a crock pot and then I dropped the crock pot Oh, and it exploded and it went everywhere. Oh. And my husband had to help me clean it up. And we joke a lot about how disgusting that whole experience was. And so there is just a little bit of this recipe that I just can't not associate with that. I see. (laughs) So I think that's the reason why I'm not going to make it. Okay. Last year, I had friends giving with... Um, some people from cookbook club with Melissa and Chelsea and it was one of I think it maybe was the best like culinary level Thanksgiving I've ever had in part because of the desserts so Melissa brought the mango pie 
which is oh yeah, it's a recipe from Kanta and Rishikesh Hirway. Hirway, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's adapted by Samin Nasrat. So yeah. you can find it on the New York Times. The one piece that was really difficult for Melissa to find was the mango puree. Yeah, but I think she eventually tracked it down from a specialty store. It was really good and really unexpected and. I mean, just like a bright yellow color, like yeah. to cut through all of that like beige stuff right. at Thanksgiving. And then- that recipe has a really sweet story too, because um, Rishi Hirway is really good friends with Samin Nusrat. They did the home cooking podcast together. Oh, right. And um, the the mango pie is something that his mom always made. And his mom passed away, and then they worked together to put her recipe on the New York Times, oh. which is just really sweet. That is really sweet. Yeah. Well, it's delicious. You should think about making okay. that. I've never been sure what to think about that recipe because it's just so different, but mm-hmm. I would love to try it. It was good. It was like the texture on it was like fabulous, Yum. just super smooth. But the the recipe that I discovered last year that's kind of like unusual for Thanksgiving it will be at every like Thanksgiving dessert I ever have from now on. It is the cranberry curd tart from David Tannis from the New York Times. I'm so glad to hear that because I'm making that this weekend. It is so good. Are you going to make the nut crust? Yeah. Are you going to use hazelnuts like in the yeah, recipe? Yeah, I think it calls for hazelnuts. Yeah. I think Yum. the nut crust was pretty easy to work with. I know that we've had some like other experiences where it was yeah. a little bit finicky. Maybe not so much. Yeah. But his recipe turned out great. But and the color of this thing. It is so vibrant. It is like electric magenta. So they say it's like a play on a French like lemon curd tart, mm-hmm. but you make the curd from cranberry instead. Yeah. It's like That's super brilliant. Sharp. Yeah. Yes. I can't wait to make that. I hope you love it as much as I did. Yum. So you're always going to have that at Thanksgiving now. That's good to know. It's like a must have. You just need more acid at that meal. Yeah. You just want something like sharp and punchy and unexpected and vibrant. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yum. I have some favorites that are Thanksgiving heavy hitters from the New York Times. And some of them we may have even mentioned before, but I think a favorite is uh, can be mentioned again. One that I learned about from you, which is the dry brined turkey with sheet pan gravy from Allison Roman. That is the only turkey recipe you ever need. It's incredible. On so many levels. I made my first big Thanksgiving turkey for a crowd last year, and I did it that way, and it knocked everybody's socks off. It was incredible. I mean, the dry brine is amazing because then you get like just these like, it's like a brown sugar salt mixture almost. So you just get this like salty sweetness on the crispy skin and roasting it on a sheet pan. Like the first time I tried that recipe, I've never gone back to doing a roasting pan after that because the sheet pan just gets all of that hot heat like fully around the bird. And so it's just like perfectly bronzed when you take it out. So beautiful. Oh, so good. Last year, I made that recipe. I make that recipe every year. But last year, my turkey was a 35 pound. That's right. It was a real monster turkey. (laughs) It was gigantic. So it was too big for a sheet pan. Way too big. Yeah. Yeah. So we brought it over and we like, it was like a hog. I mean, it was so big. (laughs) I could barely hold it. I butchered it with my neighbor. It was like he grew turkeys in his backyard. And for some reason, both of them ended up being these over 30 pound birds. Like it's the size of a two year old child. Yeah, it was <laughs> okay. It was a big mama. So yeah. we, I ended up spatchcocking it. And if you're interested in that, I mean, like a spatchcock bird is a great way to like make a turkey. Right. Um, Mark Bittman has a recipe for how to do a spatchcock turkey on the New York Times. So I recommend going to look at that because there's a video also. Okay. That's also when I discovered my love of poultry shears. Oh, yeah. It made it so easy. You just zipped right through it. So easy. Cut it right in half. Yeah. My little brother bought me poultry shears, I think for Christmas, like right after the okay. Thanksgiving holiday 
because of how much I gushed about how much I loved using poultry shears. He's like, you're not going to shut up till somebody gives you some poultry shears, are you? So I ended up (laughs) cooking this turkey over two different sheet pans. So I had to like cut it in half and then it wasn't going to fit. And so like half of it was on one sheet pan. in one oven? Yeah. Okay. And it turned out fabulous. Like skin was so crispy. It was the best turkey I've ever made. So it was the, it was Mark Bittman's spatchcock method with Allison Roman's dry brine. Yeah. Done and done. Oh my God. It was so good. Amazing. I'm like, I. This is making my mouth water. I know, me too. <laughs> I'm like, so when people are always like dreading Thanksgiving, oh. I, I kind of like see where they're coming from. And then I start like an episode like this where we talk about like fall foods and winter foods. And like, I get like, so it's like I'm off to the races. I'm already so excited to yeah. make up that food. Yeah, totally. Well, and it's nice that we have a year kind of in between where we don't really eat that meal. Yes. So you can work up your enthusiasm for it again. Yeah. Do we need to take a break? Yeah, we should take a break. We should take a break. (laughs) Let's do that. Yeah, we'll be right back. Okay. Dropcloth Samplers is a line of hand-drawn embroidery samplers, printed and ready for you to jump in and start stitching right away. Each pattern is hand-drawn by Rebecca Ringquist in her Portland, Oregon studio and printed for you to embroider with your own color and thread choices, like coloring book pages, but for embroidery. And with Rebecca's custom classes on Creative Bug, she can be there to guide you every step of the way. You can find Dropcloth Samplers on Instagram at dropcloth or online at dropclothsamplers.com. All right, so we come back to that Thanksgiving table. Um, I don't know if stuffing's a big part of your Thanksgiving tradition, but my, I have family members who like stuffing, and I have had very good luck with Allison Roman's buttery stuffing with celery and leeks. That's a good recipe. It is a very classic stuffing recipe. It's also pretty easy. Yeah, which it's is not bad at all. I don't feel like stuffing is like a must-have for me for the Thanksgiving table, but Ditto. I know that's highly controversial for some listeners. I feel the same way. Well, something last year that we made for Thanksgiving, but you should have like basically as frequently as possible, <laughs> is this recipe by Nick Sharma that's on the New York Times website, and it's Brussels sprouts with pickled oh shallots God. and labna. Yes. Oh, my God. I love this recipe so much. When have you made this recipe? So I made this for pandemic Thanksgiving where it was just me and my husband and my kids. That must have felt really special, actually. really special. To eat that recipe. Yeah. So there, that recipe is so good. It goes back to that whole thing of like, this is a meal that needs more acid. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. The labna in the base of the dish with the Brussels on top and then the pickled shallots on top. Yeah. Yes, you should eat that anytime you have the opportunity. You just need to get your swimming suit on and just go dive into that labna. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. So amazing. And I think it's, yeah, I think it's a great addition to a Thanksgiving meal, even though it's not traditional. Those pickled onions will really add some sizzle to the to the whole plate. Yeah, they were fantastic. Melissa brought that. So thanks, Melissa. Oh, man, so good. What else? I made a vegan green bean casserole last Thanksgiving, which is a Gina Hamshaw recipe. Um, I have a vegan family member, and so I was looking for things to prepare in a more vegan way. It was fine. Um, I don't – my family doesn't eat that traditional green bean casserole with the fried onions on top, so I don't have, like, a real expectation for that to be there. I thought this was not too heavy. I think it really just used, like, an alternative milk – it didn't have like a cream of mushroom soup thing happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a decent thing to make if you have a vegan person at your table. I kind of like that the New York Times will find a way to take those kind of like 1950s recipes and bring them up to date a yeah. little bit so that you're not eating something that's like super mushy and filled with like 
over sodium right sized, right you know absolutely um, so i feel like yeah. you know that's labeled as like a vegan green bean casserole but there might just be more to it than just being vegan like yeah, maybe totally. it's also just a well and updated... i think like it calls for fresh green beans instead of canned yeah so i thought it had more texture to it and i thought it was pretty good i think that allison roman has a green bean recipe from the new york times that i've used before in case other listeners feel like they have to have green green beans on the table but don't want the green bean casserole and if i'm remembering rightly they're just cooked for like a few minutes so they're not really soft they're like just barely soft and i feel like you plunge them into cold water and then it has a lot of citrus because it's allison roman brilliant yes we need more allison roman at the thanksgiving table because she loves that acid so much yeah she knows how to build the flavors i mean even that stuffing it's like buttery with celery and leeks like what else do you need right you know totally Give the people what they want. On the vegan front also, if you have a vegan at your Thanksgiving table or you're vegan, um, there is also a very good Melissa Clark recipe for a vegan mushroom make-ahead gravy, which is just a complete umami bomb. Really? It is delicious. Like I was eating it with a spoon in the kitchen while I was preparing things. It's very, very good. What does it use for the mushroom mix? Uh, Portobello mushrooms. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's actually, it's just oil, onion, mushrooms. It has a little bit of flour in it, some vegetable stock, and some soy sauce. Do you puree it all? No. The um, the mushrooms just like break down. Okay. Um, it's really, really good. And she, she gives you the option at the end of the recipe that you can pass it through a fine mesh strainer if you don't want little chunks. But my mushrooms broke down really like fully. Oh, that sounds great. It was really, really good. The soy sauce and the mushrooms, just like so much umami. Well, this recipe is not, I mean, this is one that could go on the Thanksgiving table, but it's just like a good time of year in general to eat it. And it's a roasted cauliflower recipe by Amanda Hesser. Okay. You cut it into like cauliflower steaks. Oh, okay. And roast it at a really high heat. It's almost like so easy. It doesn't need to be a recipe, but it does need to be a recipe so that you know like how to do it in the right temperature and stuff. Yeah. But that's a, there's something about roasting a cauliflower like that where it just almost gets buttery. Yeah. You know? I love roasted cauliflower. Me too. So good. Really good also with like some Parmesan on it at the Mm. end if you feel like you need that, but also good without it. Nice. Yeah. That sounds really good. And then I'm a fan of the spicy caramelized squash with lemon and hazelnuts also from Allison Roman from the New York Times. Yummy. That's a really good one just kind of any time of the fall or winter. Yeah. That sounds delicious. And then you know how I feel about the cranberry sauce by Sam Sifton. Yeah. It's the gold standard. Yeah. It has to be like that dry brined turkey with the cranberry sauce and the cranberry curd tart. And I would be happy as a clam at high tide. Yeah. Yummy. Uh, one thing I did one year when it was a very small group for Thanksgiving is that I did a buttermilk brined turkey breast, which is a Samin Nusrat recipe. Mm-hmm. In salt, fat, acid, heat, she has a buttermilk brined chicken. And then she spun that off into the New York Times. So there is a buttermilk brine turkey breast recipe and a buttermilk brine turkey recipe. The buttermilk brine is pretty awesome. That sounds great. Yeah. There's so many choices when it comes to ordering turkey and where you get your turkey from. And I feel like any recipe that has a brine is going to just give you insurance that you need for that. Totally. And a breast is a much more approachable thing if you're a very small group. Mm -hmm. You don't have to then deal with turkey for days if you don't want it. So I think that's a good way to go if you're you're not sure about taking on the whole turkey. That's great. Or just do a chicken. Which is, yeah. (laughs) That always makes me think of the Thanksgiving Jay and I had when we lived in Barcelona. Yeah. We just had our chickens because you couldn't find turkey right or it was too expensive both yeah it was hard to find and it was really expensive yeah yeah um david tannis from a new york times uh 
has this recipe that I want to try that's like very random for me to mention in the sequence of things that we just talked about. Okay. It's called a citrus and persimmon salad. Oh, yum. It looks beautiful. Yeah. You know, because it's just like those beautiful like rounds of orange with beautiful orange persimmons. And he calls for the non-astringent Fuyu persimmons. Okay. The non-astringent means that you can pick it when it's firm. Oh, okay. And so then you can like cut it while it's still firm and have like those pretty circular shapes on the plate. Do you grow persimmons? I do grow persimmons. I grow an astringent variety because I prefer the flavor because I'm a snob. Okay. Which means that I pick them actually kind of around Thanksgiving like a okay well more like mid to mid-november um so i pick them when they're firm and then i set them on my kitchen windowsills like yeah. all of the windowsills in my kitchen will be like lined right. with persimmons and they it's sit so there festive. for like a week or two until they it's about a week until they're softened to the texture of like a tomato yeah and then they're just like the most delicious like eat it with a spoon putting like consistency that's like a spiced pear kind of flavor yeah it's so good Yum. yeah that sounds really yummy I wish there were more persimmon recipes out there. I have seen hardly any. Yeah, there's like persimmon cake. I've made a persimmon pudding like in the way that like the British make pudding. Sure. Um, And they're fine. But I feel like there's not a lot of recipes that just sort of celebrate the flavor of a persimmon. It's almost like a fig where it's like a delicate flavor that you don't want to overwhelm with too many other things. That was a very random tangent. But also a citrus and persimmon salad would not be out of like out of place at a Thanksgiving table because again more acid yeah and beautiful and yeah. things that are not just like beige yeah for sure <laughs> are you gonna have salad at your table this year I'm not in charge of Thanksgiving this year oh <laughs> at all like you don't have no. any role um well my mom is hosting because I had surgery recently and so we weren't sure how quickly I was going to recover so the she just took that off my mental load wow um so I think um, right now I have committed to bringing a can of jellied cranberry sauce. I'm going to make something else, let's be honest. It was very nice of her to take that off my plate because I would have loved to host and do the whole thing again. And I probably will again next year, but I'm sort of taking it, taking the, the pass this yeah, year. Yeah, that sounds like an appropriate thing to do. Yeah. I'm going to get bored and I'm going to make a bunch of stuff. You know that's going to happen. But yeah. maybe I'll just roll up with the cranberry curd tart. Or yeah. the mango pie. I just I, blow everybody's mind. I feel like those have to get saved for special people. And yeah. I know that family is special, but like sometimes that extended family. <laughs> Not special in the way you're talking <laughs> yes. about. They don't. Do they deserve the mango pie and the cranberry? Well, they certainly curtard. won't appreciate it. No. Like, what's the recipe that I took to my family and they everybody turned up their noses? Oh, I remember you talking about. Was it It's the carrot pie from Six yes, Seasons. Yeah. <laughs> and you were like, you guys don't deserve And this. everybody like took a slice and took one bite and then like set it down on the counter. And I was like, well, we've wasted an entire pie now. The best pie that ever existed. Yeah. Lost on those people. I feel like <laughs> people in my life will know that I love them if I ever share some of my homegrown honey with them. Yeah. Or if I make them that cranberry curd tart, they'll know. Okay. That's a sign of real love. Yeah. What about you? Are you having salad on your table? I feel like I might. Yeah. Okay. I'm not 100% sure because I'm hosting. So yeah. I've got like more bigger fish to fry sure. in yeah. terms of what I'm making. But I do really feel like the er- perfect Irby salad by Allison Roman would be really nice. Wrong. Yeah. To round out that meal. So you can't go wrong. I used to kind of be on the side of Sam Sifton thinking that salad had no place at the table. But yeah, mm, starting to like. You know what else I would do if I was going to go salad? 
follow Nick Sharma's lead. I mean, I think the Brussels sprouts with the pickled shallots and labna is like top notch. I don't think you can do much better. But Nick Sharma also has in the flavor equation that Brussels sprout slaw that has this like creme fraiche dressing on it. <laughs> it is really dynamite. That sounds great. So if you wanted to go salad, you could go Brussels sprout salad too. And then it brings like an element of seasonality. That sounds great. I think I'm on the hook now to make that cranberry <laughs> curd tart because I'm remembering that my little brother, Mikey, hi, Mikey, that he's really good at listening to my episodes. Okay. So now if you don't make it, he's going to think you don't love him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He'll well, be you're like, in it now. Yep. It's coming, Mikey. Don't worry. <laughs> Because this is our last episode before Thanksgiving, I feel like I want to like wish everyone luck. Yes. Because I think that Thanksgiving is the holiday for cooks. Yes. May the skin be crispy. Yes. May the inside not be overbaked. Here's your Thanksgiving benediction. Yes. <laughs> may, may there be crispy bottoms. I hope it's wonderful. And I just hope that you enjoy your time cooking. Yes. And your time with your family. I think you should make yourself an extra cup of coffee. Yep. I think you should make sure that you put on your very favorite album and turn it up a little bit too loud mm -hmm. and maybe even open the windows and just rock out. Put your best slippers on. Mm -hmm. I love the coziness of a Thanksgiving day. And then when you're doing the dishes, make sure that you pop open a bottle of wine that's like a fancy bottle of wine. Yeah. And put that music I'm sorry, back on. sorry, when you're doing the dishes, you, the person who just cooked this whole meal? Well, my partner and I do it together. And All actually, right. it's like super romantic. Okay. <laughs> I know it sounds silly, but... Like we just put the music on and we like drink our wine yeah. and we just we're just such a team. It feels like yeah. us at our best. That's great. Yeah. Okay, take it back. I love it. Even doing the dishes That's can be so fun cozy. with the right person. And then do it. <laughs> oh man. Well, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We hope that you guys will join us next time. We're gonna be cooking from the Grand Central Baking Book by Piper Davis and Ellen Jackson. Sarah, why did we pick this book? Well, we live in the Pacific Northwest where the Grand Central Bakery is based, and this is their sort of in-house book that has a lot of their in-house treats in it. Uh, and we have lots of thoughts about all the different things that are in this book. Yeah, great time of year for some baking projects. We're really on a baking roll these days. <laughs> Cook along with us between now and then. Just tag us on Instagram at Cookbook Club Show or send us a voice memo or a comment at cookbookclubshow at gmail.com. You can find us online at cookbookclub.show. And remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss the next one. And if you have time to leave us a review, that's a great way to help other home cooks find us too. We'll see you next time. Bye.